to create conversations with women across our nation who are involved in girls' ministry. The Sin Chocolate Show is an outreach of PedestrianGod.com. Today, we sit down with Allie Chasen in girls' discipleship at Colonial Baptist Church in Cary, North Carolina. Allie, it's so nice to talk to you today. Oh, it's great to talk to you too. So start off really simple, just with the basics. Tell us a little bit about your church and your position and kind of your what you do in the youth group. Okay. Um, well, I attend Colonial Baptist Church, and I am on staff there as part of the student ministry. Um, I'm basically there to help assist. We have a middle school um, as well as a high school pastor, so we actually have our, our student ministry is so big, we have to actually divide it up into two different groups. And so I'm basically there to help our pastors with our girls. Um, I can do counseling. So I have a, I have a background in biblical counseling from my seminary. Uh, And so I'm just kind of there to help them with situations to be a female that girls can talk to. Um, Yeah, that's, that's my position there. And you want to know a little bit about my church? Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your church and about your youth group. Okay. Um, so we are an evangelical church. Uh, we're somewhat conservative in our theology and our doctrine. Uh, we do a lot of expository preaching, which means we basically a lot of the pastors here and our teaching is kind of verse by verse. Um, everything we do is based off of scripture. So we do look at the context of things, uh, when we are teaching and preaching, uh, as the men preach here, uh, as far as the approach that we have our bigger service, we do have a a corporate worship time. That is more of a traditional approach with singing and hymns. We have a choir and orchestra. Uh, we do have a student service as well uh, that usually follows after our one of our main services. And that is, it's still traditional as far as singing, even though they do kind of take a more of a contemporary approach to things. We run anywhere from about 280 to 300 students on an average Sunday. Um, Currently, we're worshiping. We've been worshiping together middle and high school. Uh, We have divided middle and high school before, um, but it still runs pretty high up in the 200s, uh, 300s. Yeah, so that's a little bit about us. That's a lot of students. (laughs) (laughs) It, It is. It is a lot of students. It is a little overwhelming for some of our students to walk in and see a lot but we have, you know, we have anywhere from probably about 80 leaders, so 80 volunteer <laughs> leaders uh, that we also get to serve with. So it's big. It does feel kind of like, a, you know, at times we try to avoid church within a church, mm-hmm. even though sometimes it can feel like that because we do want our students to be plugged into the church body as a whole um, and serving the church as a whole, not just, you know, I go to student ministries. But, yeah, it is it is a very... It's a big youth group. (laughs) It is, yes. Well, before we get too serious, let's have a little bit of fun. So, what are your favorite YouTube videos that you go to when you need a laugh? (laughs) So, have you ever heard of the Christian comedian uh, John Christ? Mm, I don't think so. Oh, man. You need to. It's uh, his last name is spelled C-R-I-S-T. But he kind of he 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 kind of brags that he does a little bit of roasting on just typical things that Christians get into. Like he's done, 
YouTube videos on, you know, 17 ways that you, a Christian says no, <laughs> or he's done some videos about, there was one he did about, um, sort of a home hunt, you know, home hunter, uh, kind of thing, but it was like they were church hunting for a church. And so all the different things that people look for when they're looking for a local church. So I think he's just as a, I love comedians and listening to like, uh, just to have a laugh. And so for me, he, he says a lot of times what I'm thinking and he does it in a way that's not just kind of pokes a little bit of fun, but it's still, you know, you get a little laugh out of it. You don't feel as, Oh yeah, I get that. Yeah. I understand what he's saying. Yes. That's amazing. I'm going to have to check him out. Yes, you should. So I'm sure you've never messed up. I'm, I'm, I'm just certain of that. I don't know you, <laughs> but if you have, you know, maybe that one time, do you have any embarrassing moments, anything that's happened that you'd like to share with us? Um, I can't think of like one particular moment cause there's just so many. Um, I have a tendency to mix words up. So I have a tendency to say things like, I think one time I told my husband he smelled like Chipotle, <laughs> but what I meant was, I think, to something else. I can't even remember now that I'm thinking about it. I meant something else, but whatever, that is what came out. <laughs> so I'm sure that there's been many times where I've tried to teach and I've said something, I mean something else, but it comes out another way. Part of that, I think, is just being nervous. Uh I just, I don't know. I've mixed words up quite often. And then when you've had a really long day, you know, some people wish they had some chocolate. That's why we called the show Send Chocolate. What would you <laughs> wish people would send you when you've had a long day? Um, I love peanut butter M&Ms. It's okay. probably one of my issues, but I also really love Sour Patch Kids. Yes. Those are probably my top two. And then I do love white chocolate and I love any kind of chocolate with like the sea salt stuff on it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I actually keep candy and chocolate in my office because girls will come in and have had a bad day and they grab that jar of chocolate. <laughs> so, yeah. Did they teach totally you that? Did they teach you that at seminary? You know what? I, I actually did have a professor who said like, it's always good to make your office kind of your personality as well as kind of remembering who you're working with. So I do think I had a professor who actually encouraged me to, you know, have things to kind of help students, you know, open up a little bit and relax a little bit. And like, you know, I think they feel better when they have something like chocolate and they know I, I get it. You know, I understand <laughs> the process a little easier. I love that. Well, I would love to hear a little bit more about you. And so could you kind of start at the beginning of God? Just really just God calling you to himself. Oh, absolutely. Um, so I grew up in a home. My dad was actually a pastor. Um, my grandfather was a pastor. So I've kind of grown up in that Christian culture. Um, so I guess I would say I don't know any different. Um, so when I was about six years old, I started asking my dad just questions about the gospel and I think I had heard in church where they were talking about um, the crucifixion and just having, you know, Christ dying so that we could have this relationship with a God that we, we, our relationship with him, you know, we can't have one because of our sin. And so I just remember like really thinking about that as a six-year-old. And I think as a six-year-old, my dad explained, gave me a good presentation of, you know, 
just because I think I'm a good six-year-old, I'm still very sinful. I still disobey my parents. Um, and even just explaining to me that, you know, no one is good. You know, in Romans, it tells us like no one is good. And so we do have to have, um, we do have to believe and walk in faith and have this relationship with the Lord. And so I think at six years old, I really wanted that. Um, but I mean, I would say that from six to about the age of 12, not a lot changed as far as, you know, I mean, I still talk back to my parents. I still, you know, harassed my brothers. <laughs> I have twin brothers. And so I would, you know, mess around and, you know, joke with them and say obnoxious things. But I think at age 12 is when it really hit me. I think I went, to, I went to a summer camp and we were talking about just what it means to really walk with the Lord. Like, it's one thing to say, I believe in Jesus. It's another thing to actually believe that and have a heart that wants to serve him. So from head knowledge to heart knowledge. Mm -hmm. So I think at like age 12, like really when I hit middle school is when I kind of was like, I want to be a leader. I really want to walk this walk. I don't want to just, you know, sit in the background. I really want to take, take a lead and share my faith more. Um, so I think that's kind of, and I mean, even today, God has, I think some of the things I've learned as an adult is, what the church looks like and what it means to come around and be the church and love others as Christ loves the church and serve the church. Uh, and even in ministry, just really having more of a heart of trying to serve and being humble. I think are the things I've definitely learned throughout, you know, just my testimony and story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your, your girls. Um, and you can pick a certain age or you can talk about them broadly. What are some of the top issues that these girls are facing? Yeah, I so I do work with, six, you know, sixth graders all the way up to 12th grade, which is a really cool privilege because I can kind of walk through seven years with our students mm -hmm. uh, and kind of watch them grow, which is really it's really cool. And I think. Some of the things that I think they really struggle with, like the top three, I would say, um, is really finding their identity in in the Lord. Uh, that's sometimes hard for girls to understand because they're looking for some tan something tangible. You know, you know, grades give us tangible results, sports give us tangible results, and so there's a temptation, I think, for them oftentimes to find their identity in accomplishments or um, in grades or, uh, body image and things like that. So I think something, you know, they would, their struggles are pretty average, you know, compared to most teenagers, but I do think they really do kind of struggle with, you know, finding their identity in the Lord. Um, and I'm sure you've heard this too, as someone who's a part, you know, been in part of girls ministry is just, um, depression mm -hmm. and anxiety is something I think our students struggle with, but it's a broad, you know, when I say depression, that's very broad in terms of how our students are dealing with it. I mean, they have a bad day and that goes on for, you know, two or three days. I think they get this idea that there's a, they're struggling with depression um, and anxiety. And I think they also struggle with, I feel like we live in kind of a microwave society. They're hit really hard with things on social media, um, you know, we live in a world where we can get instant, they're looking for that instant gratification. Uh, and I think that bleeds into even how they approach the scripture of, you know, they want to open up their Bible, read a passage and feel better. And it takes a lot of work. I think it's just, you know, we live with 
gosh, you can get the answers to anything at any time at any moment. Um, and I think the third thing I would say, one of the top things they struggle with is just also trying to make their faith their own and not just that of their parents. Mm-hmm. You know, what does it mean to have a relationship with the Lord and not just what my parents have taught me and coming to church and stuff like that. So I think that's the other thing, especially in high school as they're getting into that junior, senior year, just really struggling and learning to make their faith their own. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you adapt your ministry or how do you equip your teachers to, to combat these issues? Um, I think one of the top ways that we really try to help our students and something I, of course, with my, even my job title, girls discipleship is to really help girls learn to read God's word. Mm -hmm. If I have to give them glitter pens and stickers and washi tape and highlighters to do that, to make it more appealing, I'm happy to do that. I have a whole box of just all kinds of stuff that they can use because at, at the end of the day, these girls need to understand how to read God's word and how to apply it to their lives. Um, they need to learn and know how to pray, uh, and just, you know, it's hard for me to say, well, ha- I have a relationship with the Lord and yet I'm not walking in the Lord and I'm not spending time with the Lord. You know, if, you, if you're in a relationship with, you know, you claim this relationship, you need to work at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think something that we really try to encourage our leaders, the par- you know, our parents is just to really help these students learn to read God's word and apply it to their lives. Um, yeah. And so this is one we haven't talked a whole lot about in some of the past podcasts, but is there a way that you've been able to use social media or technology in your relationship with the students that you just think has worked really well for you guys? Um, I will say, uh, <laughs> oh my goodness, social media is, it can be a blessing, but it, there, I mean, there's pros and cons, there's good and bad. I would say most of our students are using social media to communicate because it's just fast. And like I said, they want instant, you know, they want instant communication, instant answers, instant results. So I do think there's positive ways to use social media and that I've definitely taken pictures on Instagram and tried to encourage students with something, or I have, uh, we do a lot of our announcements through social media because we're just so big and kids are constantly checking their social media. But I think something we've also tried to do is warn and try to help students navigate through social media and how to use it um, in, a, in a good way. Because, again, if we're telling our students you need to do all things for God's glory, I think that does include social media. And I think our students need to think about what they're posting and what that says about them, what that says about their faith, uh, what it says about their character. Um, I mean, even our students liking things, uh, you know, we've tried to use social media, I think, as an opportunity to talk to our students about things. But I'm also, I think one thing that I don't like about social media is it's taken away from building authentic relationships. Um, So I really also, sometimes I'll tell girls, hey, I love texting you and talking to you through Instagram, but why don't you come and see me and let's have more of a conversation about this? Because I think social media is also just a snapshot of someone. It's not the real picture. Uh, So I do have to sometimes really encourage girls, 
to step outside of social media and build relationships, like have a conversation with people and really get to know people. So yeah, there's, there's pros and cons to it. Definitely. So with two to 300 students and 80 some volunteers and who even knows how many parents that involves, <laughs> how do you keep all these people involved and feeling appreciated? Um, it is, it is something we constantly as a staff have to really work at and be intentional. Uh, for our leaders, we do offer, there's, um, in the fall, we oftentimes get our leaders together and we'll just get away and go on like a retreat for a couple of days and we'll spend some time in prayer for our students. But we really want that time to be a time that's, um, you can kind of hit the reset button and talk about what ministry is going to look like in the coming year. You know, how are they doing with their families? What is God teaching them? So we offer that. Um, something we do for even our parents and volunteers as well is just, I sometimes will call up parents or I'll call up our, a leader and I'll just ask them to come and have coffee with me or go eat a cupcake with me and spend some time just getting to know them and praying for them and making them feel like I want, I want, I'm a relationship person. So I really want to build relationships with our volunteers and our parents. Uh, and I think we also, with our, um, with our leaders, we also do prayer groups. So once a month, myself and our pastors here are actually meeting by grade as well as gender, kind of dividing up that way, meeting once a month and praying with our volunteers and praying for their families and talking about student ministry. Uh, so things like that. And I, I do think that one thing I have to think about is I don't I want our volunteers to be invested in as well as our parents and not just feel like, we want them for their service and their time. I want them to feel invested in, because I think for them to invest in our ministry as big as it is, they also need to feel invested in and loved as well. And they're, they're part of the church body. So mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I really like that. That, that last little bit that you said is so important just to make them really feel like, like you don't want just them to give, give, <laughs> give, but that they're part right. of the team and being invested in too. I really like that. Um, so let's look at some books, let's look at some Bible studies, some resources, curriculum, whatever it is. What are some things that you really love for girls, for leaders, whoever? What are some things that you really love? Um, well, for our girls, there's a book called This Changes Everything. Uh, it's by Jacqueline Crow. She was about 18, 19 years old when she wrote it. Okay. Um, she's still pretty young. Uh, yeah, this changes everything. And it's just kind of a book about what is the gospel and how that should change everything. But it's written in such a way that I think it really, teenagers can really relate to that and understand what she's trying to say because she's writing it as a teenager. Mm -hmm. So she does hit up on what does it mean to live out the gospel when it comes to social media or my relationship with my parents or school um, cause that's the other thing we have, our, our students go to, we have several that go to homeschool, they're in private school, they're in public school. Um, so I think it's even trying to hit on some of different students and where they're even learning. Another, other things I like, I really love the book and I think this is good for girls as well as our leaders is a book called Women of the Word by Jen Wilkin. Mm -hmm. Uh, she 
you know, a very good step-by-step how to read your Bible and study the Bible. It can be a little overwhelming, but I think it's good for girls to read something in our leaders as well uh, that kind of helps them walk through the Bible. Uh, I love the author uh, Haley D. Uh, D. DeMarco. Uh, she's written a lot of books. Um, she's written some also with her husband uh, that's kind of for teenage girls. Uh, she's written a book called Idol Girls, which talks, talks a little bit about um, what are we making an idol in our life and how do we, how do we dismantle that? I love books by Paul David Tripp. <laughs> um, there's one book called Age of Opportunity by Paul David Tripp that we usually recommend to our leaders and our parents because it talks, you know, kind of gives a gospel approach on how can we use opportunities with teenagers and use those for the gospel and teach them the gospel. Um, so I think that's a really good one as well. Uh, Bible studies and curriculum are hard. I'm not going to lie. Uh, really hard because, um, I don't want to just teach our girls, uh, necessarily how to respond to the world based off of emotions. I think sometimes books can gravitate towards women and kind of tugs at our emotions Mm -hmm. and that's not always bad, but I think we have to understand things in light of what scripture says like what does the bible say about this particular topic and not just get it i don't really want to read a book and get just an author's opinion (laughs) i really want them to me. i mean there's nothing wrong with stories or anything like that but i really want them to show me how they how they went through god's word and the bible and you know if i'm going to teach our girls hey the bible is important and prayer is important well let's look at this book and see how this person what they have to say about God's word. So there's really not any like curriculum necessary. And again, our church also has a seminary. So there's a lot of people writing curriculum <laughs> here and writing Bible studies and stuff like that. So we are incredibly blessed um, with a great staff and a church that can do that. But I think also when it comes to endorsing certain curriculum or books or things like that, I have to keep in mind that what someone said and wrote maybe five or 10 years ago was awesome, but their ideas and how they approach scripture can change over time. So I think we just kind of have to take it step by step and day by day with that. But, um, cause I just like things that really do focus on helping uh, me as a staff and leader, as well as our leaders, parents and girls really engage in God's word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Allie, this has been a great conversation. You have been just a pleasure to talk to. I've got one last question for you, and it will continue to be my question until I can come up with a better one. Are you ready (laughs) for the final question? I'm ready. I'm ready. Can or should leggings be worn as pants? (laughs) No. (laughs) What? I thought for sure you would argue the other side. I just need one person. (laughs) My thing is, is like, I know that girls sometimes will wear them and they'll have like long, like they'll wear them as like with a long shirt or like a really cute dress. I don't think I mind that as much, but when they start breaking them out and wearing them, like they're going to the grocery store and they have just, they just pull their leggings on as if that's a pair of jeans and walk out the door with like a little t-shirt. There's just... It's just something, they're just really awkward about that. Um, And I think even one of, I think somebody else that you had talked to said like the flesh colored ones are an absolute (laughs) no-no. 
I've just um, decided there's an impressive level of confidence that it takes to put on leggings and just a regular length t-shirt and go to the store. I just, I don't even have yeah, that no. level of confidence, you know? No, no. I mean, it's just like, girl, I mean, same with yoga pants. Like, I think sometimes we abuse the yoga pants. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, no. Well, I'm, I'm glad to see everyone's on the same side. You know, it's hot <laughs> <safe> topic. <laughs> All right, Allie, it has been so much fun. If you want to find Allie Chasen, you can find her at Colonial Baptist Church in Cary, North Carolina. Bye, Allie. Bye.